Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, a lot better today than I was yesterday. Let's just put it that. That's good. But I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, I, I had a conversation with uh, my dad's doctor the other day, and because I'm his caretaker, I have to do a lot of research into dialysis because it's an yeah. inevitability for him. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a little daunting. I'm not going to lie. Like it's kind of like there's more to it than just like hit this button on a machine and you know there you go. Like there's there's way more to it. But you now I'm happy. I'm happy to do it for my parents because well they're my folks. Um. So uh, I don't really have anything to talk about today but i do like any any big topics like we had in the past like you know the thing with uh history and in entertainment or whatever so we're just gonna shoot the shit um but in the process of shooting the shit we have two guests with us would you like to introduce them josh well it looks like we got one for right now <laughs> i think it's get him off <laughs> Oh wait, no, he's still he's still backstage. It says device is not connected. Well, first of all, first up, we got uh this guy. Jesus. Where he's who? begged and begged and begged to come on the show for like a year <laughs> oh, and a half wow. now. <laughs> no, actually, I hit him up. I was, uh, most times when I've offered guest spots, he's always been at work, but this is EE, e., aka Eric, but we call him EE. E. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, from the realm of collectors, uh, EE, e., how you doing today, man? I'm all right, I'm good. You know, glad I could make it today. Actually, happened to take a sick day at work, so I was free finally. I need a little break from the chaos that is life, and I'm here, you know, with a three year old jumping on my lap. So, bear with me, everybody. Uh, you know, it's all good, man. She's adorable. Uh, you know, she's three. And if anybody hears her playing in the background, hey, remember what it was like when you were three? No. no? Do you have any kids? <laughs> remember what it was like when they were three? It's going to happen. We're in a pandemic, people. What do you want? We're not professionals here. <laughs> and it uh, looks like Lowry has completely lost his connection this time. Uh, if he comes back in, we'll pop him in. But that is our other... Supposed to be guest, uh, Jason Lowry, <laughs> also of the realm of collectors. He lives on the other side of Virginia uh, from me. I'm down on the taint next to the Kentucky taint, uh, where the taints just scissor each other and rub up Kentucky and Virginia. Um, I'm right there in the friction zone. It's really smelly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lowry's up in the northern Virginia area outside of D.C. in that area. So... Right now, they got some wicked bad storms coming through. So he may be back. And if not, well, we'll just have to get him on another day. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, so I wanted to, uh, I was kind of talking about it uh, in the warm up. Uh, 
I have been inundated with a bunch of video games at one time. It's a lot. So uh, I ended up beating all of the Uncharted's, every single game. Well, minus the PSP games, because where the fuck are you going to find those nowadays? But, yeah, uh, yeah uh, you can't even play those on PlayStation Live service. No, you can't. Because uh, I, when I got the PS4, because it was discounted, and at the time the, the quarantine had just started, so um, uh, I was able to get the like Uncharted Trilogy Collection and then Uncharted 4 for completely free. Yep. Um, and uh, so I played through all of those. And then I was like, I can I still want to play a little Uncharted. I have time before the games come out. So I went and bought uh, Lost Legacy, which you haven't played yet, have you, Josh? That's the uh, other than uh, the PSP games that you alluded to. No, I've not played Lost Legacy, but I've got the other four and I've played through all four of them and completed them. Okay. Um, I would I would recommend trying to get it. I would wait for maybe like another discount because I know it was half off for a minute there. Uh, but I, I was like, fuck it. I'll pay 20 bucks for it. Um, it's worth 20 bucks. If you ask me, it is about a eight hour, eight to 11 hour game. Uh, that's if you're completing it. So, um, they actually tiny spoiler alert. Uh, they tested something in lost legacy that was used as a main component of, uh, last of us two. Oh, okay. So right after like the opening chapter, like when chapter two basically starts in Lost Legacy, um, Chloe, the main character, she has a, she has a map of the area in India in which you are trying to you know, solve these puzzles, mm-hmm. and there are there are about like I want to say twelve of these coins that are spread throughout this giant map, and every single time you find a new piece of it, she marks it down on this map, and you just pull out the map to know where to go. Uh, Ellie does the exact same thing for the small section of Seattle that is in the first like half of Untra- of uh, Last of Us Two. Like, oh, okay. it, like the exact same mechanic, and I was just kind of like Naughty Dog, like you guys are killing it with this. I love how you keep kind of mixing the things. So yeah, um, taking cool elements from one game, carrying it over to another, but implementing it in a, in a fashion where it doesn't feel forced. Exactly, I'm convinced that. Uncharted and and Last of Us take place in the same con- continuity. Like, absolutely convinced. I mean, you know, if they do, it sucks for the Drakes. <laughs> True. I mean, it takes place like years after all of Drake's stories and stuff. Uh, not yeah. like centuries or anything like that, because obviously technology would be different, but um, I truly believe that like all of the Uncharted story, because that's the other thing about La- uh, Lost Legacy, Josh. It takes place like I want to say four or five months after four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, other than that, yeah, I, I. So, the games, the games that are that I'm inundated with. Brain, brain farted. Before you go into your inundation. E.E., have you ever played any of the Uncharted games on the PlayStation? The Uncharted games, no, I have not played. I have played The Last of Us. I have not started The Last of Us 2 yet. I'm kind of nervous to do it because, you know, I've heard so many mixed reviews. I liked it. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, But I understand the criticism. I'll say that much. Like, 
it's not as good as the first. But on that note, like what sequel is? Uncharted two. <laughs> okay, there's some examples, sure. Checkmate. <laughs> uh, oh no, I was gonna, like I think mechanically the game works really well. Story wise, it has it has some issues, but nothing so substantial that it's not enjoyable. I feel so. Gotcha. Um, honestly, if you're on the fence, ee, I would wait until it's discounted. Get it Didn't. half off instead of full press. Yeah. Because if you're on the fence, you're you're not going to like it as much as other people have. So or just liked or whatever. Um I feel like sixty dollars is asking a lot for it. So but that's just me. Anyway. I I want to get it myself, but I want to actually replay through the first one because I haven't played the first one since like the first six months the first one came out, so it's yeah. been a few years. 2011 is, I think, when it came out. Uh, it was 2013 when I played it, 2012, 2013 then. So maybe it had been out for a year or two. It's been like seven years between development times. So. I don't know. I lived at the last residence at nine. I just know I lived there when I played it, and I didn't have a PS4 yet. I got my PS4 the day Fallout 4 came out. So Gotcha. Somewhere in between 2011 and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was last week. It was last week. That's when it was. There you go. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a lot of like new games to come out, and I'm very much the type of gamer that I'll I'll play anything if it's and if it's fun, I'll stick with it. Yeah. Uh, I remember I didn't want to play Horizon, and I'm glad I did because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, because that's usually not your type of game. And see, that type of game, like open world uh, action adventure with RPG elements, that and actual RPGs are my favorite types of games to play. And I was like, dude, you got to play this game. The story is incredible. It's amazing. I fucking love it. And he played through it, and he was like, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, it was. It was. I'm. I'm looking forward to the sequel. I. You know what I didn't like though. I didn't like the DLC. I haven't played the DLC yet, but it's, I will. Borderline, like completely inconsequential to anything. It's not that. Well, great. it. I think it may be a setup though. Help set up the the I'll, sequel. I'll say this much: the guy that helps you and, in a sense, betrays you. I can't remember the character's name. Silence. Silence. It does yeah. a little bit into his background. Okay, good. We'll see. I want shit like that. I want to know more right. about him. Um, it uh, yeah, yeah, it's just. I mean, it's that. It's just that. Uh, okay. no, so, so the other games that have come out that I've been playing, because um, I was trying to get these two games before Tuesday, but now it being Wednesday, I got Paper Mario: The Origami King. Oh. Uh. I'll tell you about that in a second, uh, but also uh, Ghost of Tsushima for the PS4. Ooh, um, that and, that dropped uh, this week. Yeah, and nice. then I got I got to play. I can't talk about it too much because of NDA, but I got to play the closed beta of Fall Guys this morning. Oh, okay, from Devolver Digital, the one that we looked at at the digital presser. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Awesome. 
I'll say this much. When it comes out, it'll be $20 on the PS4. If you have a PS4, definitely get it because it's it's worth your time. Plus, kids will love it. Um, I can tell you because they've already put out a trailer and stuff like that, but it's basically like Takashi's Castle or Wipeout, the video game. Uh, okay. But better. So what you're like, saying is it'd be a it, it'd be a fun party game with friends. In a sense, I don't think it has couch co-op. Ah, yeah, I don't think it has couch co-op, but it's it's basically like sixty players go into a an arena sort of thing, and and based on obstacles and and other objectives that the game has, uh, you try to be the last one standing, like a battle royale. But it's okay. it's silly at the same time, so it's it's fun, but. So I played that this morning, and then, uh, um, and then tomorrow, as of recording this, so Thursday, uh, for Game Pass members, Carry On, the reverse horror game, comes out. Oh yeah, uh, that's one thing where Xbox has it over on PlayStation. Man, like PlayStation, their live service is good, but they don't have like launch day titles launch no. on there like game pass does and that is one thing that xbox definitely uh wins at there if you want to call that you know winning and losing right um it is something that sony should do or attempt to do to compete more competitively on that level absolutely plus two you were talking about how they have their uh their game pass and uh their what monthly subscription yeah. Uh, uh, like it's a, it's a bundled price and both services are $10 each separately. But if you have them both, then you get it for 15. Yes. Let's see like PS4, they have their PlayStation plus service and I pay yearly, which is 60 bucks a year versus 10 bucks a month. Um, but the PlayStation live service, I pay $10 a month for it would be nice if they had a bundled price of 15 bucks a month for yeah. both. And I would do that because it would probably be cheaper on me in the long run. Cause even though I'm only paying 60 for PlayStation plus, which is half price essentially like I would still only be paying $5 more a month than what I'm paying now. If I went or no, I would be saving. Uh, somehow it works out. I'd save. <laughs> and then you I, factor in all the games you can play too. Factor in all the games you can. I don't know. It might work out to the same price. Honestly, if I pay yearly for that, let me look. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I know that uh, I, I like. I don't mind paying for now and plus at the same time. Um, even though it is five dollars more than, let's say, the Xbox One, but I, I don't have a problem paying for those services because I know that I'm going to want to play games with friends on the services. Um, but yeah, the, so the other thing that's going on is that, uh, actually, Greg, the way it is right now, where I'm paying yearly, uh, because I'm only paying half price for one, so it's $60 for a year, yeah. Um, and where the other is $10 a month, you know, it's regular price that breaks down to $15 a month anyway. So they actually are doing the same thing, it's just not bundled like that. But you can get it at that price if you do yearly on the. So are, are you price. talking about? Are you talking about yearly for both? PlayStation Live or now, whichever one it's called, is just a month-to-month service, and it's ten dollars a month. 
but PlayStation Plus, if you choose to pay for it in advance, you can pay either for 12 months, six months, or three months, depending on what tier you want to go or monthly. If you pay the 12 months up front, it's only $60 for the entire year, which means you're paying $5 a month for that. So if you have a year bundle of PlayStation Plus and then buy the live service every month or the now, whatever it's called, their gaming subscription service, it breaks down to $15 a month, yeah. same price as the Game Pass and the Xbox Live. So they are competing, I guess. So. Uh, I would I would still argue that PlayStation is not because PlayStation is not making the moves that Xbox is. No, I I agree. It'd be smarter to just offer it as a bundled price for that. In, in comparable yeah. price, yeah, but not in not in service wise because, um, like like uh, Spider Man just left PlayStation uh, pl- uh, now. Yeah, like it's no longer there. So if you wanted to play it now, you have to pay for it, and it's still, it's forty dollars. Um, yeah, so that but sucks. But great game though. Oh, it, it's Fantastic. a great game and is worth it. Um, that 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 game I loved playing. I, I played it. I played it through the first time, and then I realized how much I loved it. And I started looking at the trophies. Uh, you know, on PlayStation, it's trophies. Xbox, it's achievements, and Steam, it's achievements. You know, but they're all the same thing. Just. Um, I like going after trophies in games. If I enjoy the game enough, I will 100% go after every fucking trophy in that game if I can. And Spider-Man was one where I was like, fuck it, I'm going to platinum this bitch. And uh, I did it in, what, five days? Yeah, it was really quick. I was just like, what? <laughs> um, the the one that, like, so, Okay. Before I get into like Paper Mario and 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 uh, Ghost of Tsushima, because I want to talk about those games briefly, I haven't beaten them, so I don't have any kind of like it's it's like three to four hour impression of both games. Uh, what I wanted to say was that because Josh does complete games like that, he gets he gets the platinum trophy. Mm-hmm. I know that Witcher Three is like a fucking eighty hour game if you're just doing main missions on easy. <laughs> This guy had to have beaten the game twice, at least, to do on the hardest difficulty. I already have. That, that's right. And I'm I'm still working on the DLC. I've got four trophies left to get, and I'm done. Oh, Jesus um, Christ! I, I, mean, I can't didn't, imagine. Out of didn't you out do of seventy seven like that too? Yeah, I did Final Fantasy Seven remake that way. Did Spider Man that way? Um, yeah, man. I dude, Witcher three. I'm telling you, that game is fucking amazing. I yeah, wish I, never, I had played it before. I have no idea why I never suggested it. If if you have, by the way, if you have Game Pass on Xbox, if you have an Xbox, like Witcher Three is free on Game Pass. I mean, you have to pay for Game Pass, but yeah. Now Steam, when that you know where they have their annual Steam Summer Sale, I actually picked up the complete edition director's cuts whatever they're called of witcher one and witcher two for a combined total of four dollars and 48 cents about a week and a half ago so i've not played through them and everybody said oh you can play through three and not have to play through one and two no there's story elements from one and two that you're going to be completely like what the fuck if you didn't play those first but you know i'm 
not a moron so i can piece together and gather the main elements i think that's on. what people mean is like yeah there are yeah, story yeah. it's not it's not so important that you can't that you have to play one and two no no but i have them and as soon as i finish three that's what i'm going to move on to is one and then two because i bought the first game on pc back when the, it first came out and yeah i never played it it's one of those games in my backlog that I never played that it sat there. And after the show came out in December and we watched it and fell in love with it, I was like, okay, I want to play the game now. Installed it on my PC, failed to install. My PC is such a new version of a PC now because I built it myself and all the hardware is less than two years old in it. And Windows 10, it will not run that game, even though the game was made in what 2007, I guess. Witcher 3. Well, no, the first one. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, Witcher 3 is much, much like younger than that. No, no, Witcher 3 came out in like 2015 or 2016. Yeah. But uh, I was like, damn it. I was like, I don't want to. Somebody said, oh, it's on Steam. Yeah, but it's 10 bucks, And I'm such a stickler. I'm like, I've already paid for it once. I don't want to pay for it again. But I sucked it up, and especially when I got it for $2. I was like, oh, $1.99? Fuck it, I'll eat that. <laughs> you know, but I paid 30 bucks for it when it was brand new back in the day. But I don't care. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, that third one, man. Literally, if I'm not podcasting, that's all I've been doing for a month. It's, it's, uh, it took it's, me it took me one month and five days to get the platinum trophy, and I got it Sunday. And then I had two DLC packs to go through, um, and I got all thirteen trophies from the one DLC pack, uh, and I've got four left on the other. So I'll finish it probably tomorrow. I've <laughs> I've tried to start that game three different times, and I've got. The first time I ever played it was when it was brand new and I had rented it and I played it for like, I want to say three or four hours and I just, something else came out and completely took my attention away or something to that effect because I never continued playing it. And then uh, I don't remember why or how, but I, I know that I got to play it again and I only put like a few hours into it. I barely even played it. But then when it came out uh, on Game Pass, I, I put more hours into it than I did the very first time. And I still like it's like like five hours in. There's just something that I just lose interest, just straight lose interest. I don't know why. I couldn't I couldn't explain it, but it just happens. I mean, you know, a bit of a slow slog a bit for a while. I got pretty far in it. I'm more, I mean, I'm more than five hours in. I'm not as far as Josh got, but <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's the thing. Josh, Josh and I have talked about what games we like and 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 whatnot over the course of time. And I don't know why I never suggested Witcher three. I, I never did, but I knew he would love it. So it's very weird. Well, um, you know, I, I played recently through dragon age uh, inquisition again, a few months ago. And I remember initially playing through it. I was like, God, this game, there's this one part where it's just a slog, but the second time playing through it, I didn't feel that way at all. I was like, damn, that was that wasn't as bad as I thought it was the first time. I'm, um, I love sci-fi. And if it's fantasy, I don't really get super into it. But sci-fi will just 
grab me by the nuts. I, I don't know what it is. And and so Mass Effect has always been one of my favorite franchises. Well, that's um, a great one, too. I need to revisit sometime in the near future. I never get into Mass Effect. I tried. Really? Mm. Mm. So The first one is a little hard to get into. Yeah, great. And I, Go ahead. I never got past the first one. Go um, ahead and tell them how long it took you to get into the first one before you finally said, oh, fuck, this is badass. Ten hours. <laughs> no joke. So a lot of the first, I want to say, yeah, first ten hours, give or take, is uh, a lot of preamble bullshit that doesn't fucking matter. Um, they try to uh, bring you into the world and explain that how the, how the universe works and, and how mass effects work and what the Reapers are and all this kind of stuff. And, and the effects that, uh, that the Reapers have had on the, on the, on the galaxy and yada, 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 but nothing ever seemed like substantial to the main plot, right? Like the main villain, Saren, you don't see him for another 10 hours. No joke. Like, it's the first mission and then that's it. Uh, people kind of mention him and you're just like, okay, when am I going to meet him again? Like, what is his like effect? Like what's going on? Nothing really has a strong punch. And it's not until again, that 10, that 10 hour mission where you're on this planet where you have to like save a people or find somebody. And then you get to a spot where you have an actual conversation with the fucking Reaper that is like in the galaxy. Yeah. Sovereign. Sovereign. Yeah. That conversation is what that's what grabbed me. That's what pulled me into the whole thing. And that's 10 hours into the fucking game. And keep in mind, I'm not a completionist. I do main missions. I get in, get out, get what I need, and I'm done. I play games on easy. I go for story. 10 hours. <laughs> that's a really fucking long time to ask someone for of a commitment just to get into a game. You're not uh, wrong. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. If I don't get caught right away, I kind of lose interest really quick. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's like Horizon Zero Dawn. If it weren't for the world that grabbed me and wanting to know more of how the world became the way that it was, I would have stopped. Uh, her story doesn't really become interesting until like I want to say a solid five, six hours in. See, I may, I'm, I got about an hour or two into that game so far. I haven't had a chance to get back into it yet. But I started like a couple weeks ago. So, Oh, man, yeah. I adore that game. I, I <clears> love. game made me cry like a little girl with a skin knee when I was all said and done. That's oh, God. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> about about um, The Last of Us, the first one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it God. did. Isn't the it last cry? I don't know. The the last I, of us, I'm a, I'm an emotional creature, okay. The last hmm. of us prologue hits me about as hard as uh, Up's prologue. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. Um, anyway, so Ghost of Tsushima, uh, from the same studio that brought you uh, Infamous, and oh, there's another game they made. And I'm drawing a blank on it. It's Sucker Punch is the company. <sighs> I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Anyway, um, it it doesn't play like anything they've ever made. Uh, but it is an action RPG in the idea that you are leveling up. You are increasing your skills and ability. Um, but again, there is a map that you can pull up, but the only things on your screen in terms of, uh, of um, HUD 
are your mission in the upper left corner. And then at the bottom left corner is your throwable weapons. Like if you have uh, uh shuriken or those like daggers that they can throw the samurai through mm-hmm. your resolve, which your resolve is basically like your uh, power, your ability to uh, push on. It's kind of your health. Kind of like your hit points. Yeah. Not quite like so. If you're res- like every time you need to heal, it'll take one piece of resolve away. And parrying and and blocking and proper like strikes will will increase will like add to your resolve. Um. So that's kind of how that works. Like you don't like you will regain health after battle. Like in battle, you don't regain shit. But if after everyone's dead, you'll regain health. Uh but resolve is only added if you can parry and block all that jazz. It's it's an interesting little mechanic, but um Hey. <laughs> uh I think the thing that's that's most interesting about the combat in the game is it kind of reminds me of For Honor, but less like oh, okay. punching. Uh For Honor is like I'm gonna break a controller over my knee. Uh, frustrating. Yeah, uh, I didn't like it. I played the beta and I was like, you know what? I don't like the combat style on this. The the actual gameplay, the buttons you had to use in the combat style, it was just so frustrating. I would say I would say that Shishima is not like that. It's uh it's a lot easier. I guess, I, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out a game that really fits it. The reason I use For Honor is because, you know, the parry and block system that's in For Honor? Mm-hmm. It feels the same for this game. The difference is, is that, like, and again, I'm playing on easy, I'm watching someone play on a hard. It doesn't look like it's that punishing when you fail a parry or a block like it would be For Honor. Okay. Um, it just feels like the, the mechanics are similar. Then again, I haven't played For Honor in a really long time. Uh... The other interesting thing is, like I said, there's no mini-map or uh, a compass at the top of your screen telling you where to go. So, But there is a mechanic that does that, and it's the wind. And you can activate that whenever. If you press a button, like a gust of wind will come and show you the direction you need. You know, if you push my belly button, I can produce a gust of wind too. So that's interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you want to be around that when that happens. though. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can confirm you do not want to be around when that happens. Harding feels very dull boy over here. Rub my belly. Uh, the other cool thing about- <laughs> Jesus. The other cool thing about it is you can uh, you can change techniques. You can learn new techniques, um, and that'll that'll depend on like who you've defeated. Like it's almost like you defeated a boss and you learn their technique or uh, mm-hmm. something to that effect. But what's interesting about the technique is that some bosses uh, are really, really good against techniques, that, and you have to switch up your shit. Um, so you have to pay attention to that. Uh, the other thing that's cool is for collectible sake, um, there is nothing on your map telling you where collectibles are. When you're going from point A to point B, you'll see an animal of some kind, a fox, a bird, something to that effect. And you follow them to a location, and that's how you get a collectible. Like the game wants you to explore. explore. Not, it's kind of explore. Like, 
uh, uh, Breath of the Wild was an exploration game. Like you're just like, yeah, I want to climb that mountain. I'm gonna see what the hell's up there. This is like, I'm heading from point A to point B. The wind is telling me where to go. Oh, hi, there's a fox. I'm gonna follow that fox. Like it's it's almost like a the ADD simulator. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's just I'm gonna you. go kill this guy. Ooh, squirrel. Like it's that. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I do recommend the game. It's gorgeous, by the way. Good gravy. Like. It is none of the the foliage in the game looks like it's just a two D texture on a three D texture. Like it actually it, looks like actual leaves and branches, leaves on branches. Yes, thousand percent. Uh, it's 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 an experience. It's def like I said, it's not like anything you've ever played. Um, yeah, I've been interested in it. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I have Gamefly because I don't. That's the problem with me. I when I'm done with a game, when I've beaten the story, I don't play it again. I'm not you like you, Josh. I don't put 800 hours into a game just to complete it. Um, I think the most I put in was about 480 something into Fallout New Vegas. So not, mm, I don't know. I wish I could see. No, I wish I could see actually how much time I have put into it. Uh, the other game, Paper Mario, um, Origami King. Uh, e, e, do you have a Switch? Do I have a Switch? Yes, I do. Okay. Did you ever play any of the Paper Mario games in the past? No, I have not. I I really enjoy Mario-based RPGs. So I, I personally fucking love the uh, Mario and Luigi RPG series. Um, believe it or not, still haven't played... The Super Nintendo one, the Legends of the Seven Stars. Yeah, the re okay. So there's a reason behind that. I would play it now. Like I really hope someday Square Enix like releases it to 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 Nintendo so they can put it on the fucking Nintendo service. But um, when I was a kid, I loved Mario side scrollers. That wasn't a Mario side scroller, so I stopped playing it. Uh, but now as an adult, I'm like I really want to play it. Um. I have it on my PC uh, emulator. I got a ROM, you know, before you, they took ROMs away from being able to download them. So it's one I still have on file. I just have never made time to play it and I need to. Yeah, I, I, I want to as well. I, I don't have a ROM, but I, I definitely want to. So the way that Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi series work is that they are turn-based RPGs for the most part. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but they're also interactive turn-based. So if you are being attacked, you can block and or dodge to limit the amount of damage you take or, or retaliate damage. Uh, but the other thing I really like is that you can add extra damage to an attack if you press a button in the right time. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, the Mario and Luigi RPG series is really fucking funny. <laughs> like really, really funny. One of my favorite mo things about the franchise is that nobody knows Luigi's name. They just call him Green Mario or the Green Brother or some of that effect. Um, but he's with Mario the entire time. It's genuinely my favorite is Bowser's Inside Story, which is basically Bowser is uh, like he he's he's huge. He's enlarged, and um, he's hit with like some kind of uh, virus that Mario and Luigi go inside of him to fight. 
while you also play as Bowser on the outside world, trying to deal with the shit that he has to deal with while being enlarged. Um, it's re- it, like, and that's the other thing. Bowser's uh, like a bumbling idiot <laughs> in the franchise, so I'd love it. But for Paper Mario's sake, uh, the games are are funny. They're enjoyable. Um, the first game and the second game were very similar to one another. The combat system was turn based. You uh, very similar to like the whole like jump at the or press A at the right time to do more damage. Yada yada yada. Uh, then there was Super Paper Mario on the Wii, which was more of an action game than an actual RPG. And what I mean by that is they had an interesting mechanic where you could change the camera to be 2D or 3D. Um, so let's say you're on a 2D platform and you come up to a giant pipe and you have no way to get past it because you can't jump over it. Well, then if you turn the screen around to be 3D, you just go around the pipe. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a really fucking cool mechanic. Um, and then Paper Mario went downhill. Uh, then they did Sticker Star and uh, Color Splash. Both those games are not great. Uh, they have a lot of mechanics in it that just kind of suck. It's boring for the most part. It's not that funny. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, like, Origami King is good, but it's not better than the original and the, on the, on the 64 and the GameCube or even Super Mario. Uh, it's definitely built for a much younger audience. They don't even try to pretend that it's not. Uh, That's kind of disappointing because I was excited for that one. My biggest complaint is that there is no actual RPG elements. You don't level up. You don't gain abilities. The combat system almost feels like it doesn't matter. Uh, I will that say- is disappointing. Yeah, like the combat system is more of a puzzle than it is like an actual turn-based thing. There's this giant platform where you have to spin tables or turn like move things in order to line up enemies to do more damage to make sure that you can kill them all in one go. Other than that, that's all you get. You get a metric fuck ton of coins uh, for different things. Like you can use coins to add time to the to finish the puzzle. Uh, you can use coins with toads that you find throughout the map. Uh, like this, this is an okay paper Mario. <laughs> like, if, if you but it's to- not a terrible one, like the other two, but oh it's no, sticker stars is absolute trash and, and color splashes a little bit better than absolute trash. But origami coming. This coming from someone who says, "Stop referring to things as trash. Just say it's not for me and move on." Right. <laughs> All right. I, I, if there's anybody out there that really likes Color Splash and 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 Sticker Star Saga or st- just Sticker Star, uh, great. I'm glad you enjoy those games. I don't, and a lot of other people don't. I I just I think that they're boring for the most part. That's why I say that. Um, okay. To me, I don't mind new mechanics. I actually like the new mechanic in, in Origami King. I think turning the table and solving a puzzle and then having a battle is fun. Um, but again, the issue is I, I don't feel like I have to do every battle. I'm avoiding yeah. battle right now because it's just, just nothing there other than coins. And I get and coins. if you're taking away the RPG element, you know that's a lot of the draw that some players would have towards that. 
Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's Me that's in particular. Yeah. Uh, but the story is interesting because it's like a, a, the origami king comes to the paper mushroom kingdom and starts folding uh, toads and and other enemies into origami, which makes them kind of mind control. Um, and that can be really funny. Uh, finding toads throughout the map and and like hammering them to unfold them. Uh, and their response is always really fucking funny. Like that's the charming part of the game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like there was one other game that I thought was really fun, and it was um, it was called Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and it combined Mario and Luigi RPG series with Paper Mario. Uh, I don't remember what system that was on, but I remember playing it. Probably the Wii. Uh, or the GameCube. Yes, I actually honestly think it was 3DS, but oh. I'm looking it up right now. But yeah, so that's uh, that's ultimately my my critique is that it's just it was 3DS. Okay, okay. Yeah, Paper, Paper Jam is fun. It's uh, I, I would say my issue with Paper Jam is that um I didn't think a story was that good, but the the gameplay's fun. It's a it's the RPG that you would want. Okay. So, yeah, uh, 3DS release. What's that? Paper Jam was a 3DS. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just remember playing it because that's the thing is that the Mario Luigi series and on both and Paper Mario have been on multiple different consoles of Nintendo's. So it's always hard to remember like which system what game on. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if it like. If you're into Paper Mario and you like what the past Paper Mario games have done and your favorite aspect is the RPG and leveling up and all that kind of stuff, it's gone. It's gone. So keep that in mind with playing Paper Jam or uh, sorry, Origami King. Uh, but um, if you're you know into action RPGs and you're looking for something that's a bit more brutal, I would definitely play Ghost of Tsushima. The, 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 the most brutal thing about Ghost of Tsushima, I should mention this, is that it, it doesn't hold back the gore, so no. uh, you can slice off people's heads. Um, it's it's a bit more rare than. <laughs> so um, it's got some Witcher three level gore. You're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say the most brutal thing though is that when you die, you lose all your health. You don't just fall to the ground and it just goes to a screen that respawns you back at the previous checkpoint you have to watch your character lay on the ground unable to get up and another character that you just fought walk over and use their weapon to finish you off as you should like it is brutal in that it's what you get for sucking it's also very clear that this entire story is inspired by Kurosawa films Oh, extremely inspired by Kurosawa there's even a mode that adds okay black and white (laughs) okay yeah you just sold me on the game when you said there's a kurosawa mode and it gives you a black and white film grain over the gameplay um sold you know how like old films also they're not entirely black and white they're more uh very um, like you get like a tinge of slight Yeah, like like yes. the oranges and browns and sienna tints, things like that. Yeah, yeah, it it has that too. So it's not entirely black and white. Oh fuck yes! But yeah, yeah. it's it's dope. It's pretty. 
I will so if you're, uh, yeah, definitely be checking that out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else yeah. you've been playing? Uh, Bloodstained 2, or sorry, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. I have to be specific because there is a Bloodstained game, but they're, um, a smaller company made, I think it was NT Creates actually, made. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, so, so when Bloodstained was announced, it was a Kickstarter. And it was uh, the guy who did uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, uh, yeah. okay. which everyone apparently loves that game on PlayStation. Um, I played it. It's it's good. It's very much a uh, a Metroidy type game. Yeah, which that's what spawned. I think that's the game that actually spawned the term Metroidvania. Yes. Um. <laughs> uh. I'm watching somebody play Ghost of Shima on, on Twitch right now. It's like on a second Stop screen. doing that. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I'm was. i not distracted by it because he's not really doing anything, but he stopped at a, at a hot spring, and you have to watch him walk into the hot spring naked, but it's from the back end. So he like oh. moved his hand over the guy's ass, and it just made me laugh. Um, uh, so, yeah, when, it was, when the Kickstarter happened, a lot of people wanted to put money into it, so they just kept dumping money into the, the Kickstarter, uh, so they had to add new incentives. And one of them was a side game that looked like it was in the style of classic Castlevania. Um, oh. And that was called uh, Curse of the Moon. And it's very good. It play, like it feels like Castlevania. Oh, and okay. Funny enough, that game sold more copies than the actual Bloodstained game. So, of course, they got to make a sequel to that that just came out. So I was playing that off and on. Gotcha. And it plays like, plays like NES Castlevania. See, all I've been playing is Witcher 3. Right. <laughs> Literally, that's all I've been playing for the past month and a week. I wasn't joking when I say I, I, I'll, I'll try anything. Like, well, see, I'm, I'm the kind of gamer that if I really enjoy a game, I'll try a game out. And if the gameplay doesn't grab me, if it's something just I'm trying at random, like I downloaded uh, Conan Exiles because it was free on PlayStation Plus a few months back. Uh, I installed it. I played it for about 30 minutes. I said, nah, fuck this. I don't like it. And I deleted it. <laughs> and like um, Battlefront 2. Is that is that the one that just came out recently? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I downloaded it because it was free. I got through the first couple of missions and I was just like, I don't like first person shooters. I just I, I, don't I hate that you care for them. I and I couldn't get through. I mean, I know there's a lot of cool space battles on there that you can do, but the, the, no, not, not necessarily what I mean. I mean, you can change the game to be third person. Well, I mean, I was, but it still, to me, played like a first-person shooter. Fair. Just had that feel. And no, it I does. Just, it does. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Third-person shooter, first-person shooter, the only difference is where the camera is. <laughs> yeah. One's over the shoulder, and one's like if you were just looking straight ahead. So you never liked the Halo games, the War games? I've not played Halo since Halo 2. Um I played the original a little bit with some friends. I played Halo 2 with my roommates briefly. 
but no, I've never been a big first person shooter guy. I did have a few here and there. Uh, like I would play the battlefield, uh, games, um, and, uh, kill zone, a couple of those, but first person shooters, I'm not that great at. So I like to play campaign on them, but anymore, I just don't care enough. It's like the story, I'm, if it doesn't really super hook me and I've got to use that mechanic in a game, I'm not going to enjoy it. I found out, unfortunately. And it sucks. As someone that plays a lot of games, different games on different consoles, yada, yada, yada. I have to say the PlayStation controller is the absolute fucking worst for first person shooter games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I won't I won't deny that. Yeah, it is. I won't deny that. Like I tried because uh, another series of games that's on PS now is all of the um uh it's the same company that made Horizon. I'm trying to think of the fucking kill zones. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it. I hate that. Con- I hate the PlayStation controller for first-person shooters. I won't do it. It just—it just doesn't work. Um, like weirdly enough, for Uncharted, it works great, <laughs> but not—not not anything. Well, that—that's an action RPG or an action adventure game, though. It's not a first-person shooter. It has third-person shooter elements, though. Like you have to click. Yeah, on yeah, you're not wrong. But I think I think the difference is like a I was playing all of them with the ability to like when I click on the or when I when I push down on the left like L two the camera automatically like homes in onto an enemy and I can just oh you had aim assist on so yeah yeah that's um, fine I used it too uh, yeah it's, because it's, it doesn't that's why but. But I think that's what makes adventure games so much fun on the PlayStation is that they don't try for the for what I've experienced so far. They don't try to pretend that it is a shooter system. No. Um, like look at all the best games on the fucking system. They're they are adventure games straight up. Yep. Yep. Uh, Agreed. So, Spider-Man, you know, that Horizon. game's amazing. Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Last of Us. Last of yep. Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, the um the game I just mentioned earlier that I can't think of the name of suddenly. Uh, God of War. No super super power game. Um, same company that made. Oh, Infamous and Infamous Inf- Second Son. Yes, Infamous that franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Well, you, you can go back as far as to Heavenly Blade, like one of the first PS3 games. Yeah, you know, I never played that one. It's uh free on PS now. I use the term free, but you have to pay for the service. But any game on that service, though, is available to you to play. So it's like there's hundreds of games on there. Yeah. So, you know, 10 bucks a month is a small price to pay to have your pick of over 600 titles. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Service. So, yeah. Um, what, what, what have you been playing lately? Destiny 2. A lot. Ooh, um, just recently got back into it. Oh, give me a hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, that's funny. Uh, 
I have a I have no, a lot no, what, with Destiny. What what's really funny is uh EE his son is eleven and his son's a big Fortnite fan. His son loves to play Fortnite. Oh goodness. <laughs> Somebody's mad at me on Facebook, Greg. Oh boy. I've I've upset a very diff- oh, I'll tell you about it off air. Okay. Uh, tell tell him the story about though your son when he was playing Fortnite and you walked in on him asking what he was wearing oh. in front of his friends. <laughs> so the kid the kid is loud, right? We got a two bedroom apartment here. He's loud. His voice carries. Gets gets a little aggravating sometimes. So one day this was only this was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Loud. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna fuck with this kid. So I walk in his room and real loudly I said, Eli, why are you wearing a dress while playing Fortnite? Oh my God. Uh, All of his friends heard him. Everybody heard it. They were making fun of me, asking me why am I wearing a dress? (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. Uh, See, that's that's the fun thing when you have kids. You can fuck with them. Like, I fuck with Madison all the time. It's funny as hell. E.E. will go outside his apartment at night, and he'll just go up to Eli's room and just tap on his window and scare the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done that a couple times. Um, So you've been playing Destiny 2 a lot. Yeah, just within the last month or so, I kind of picked it back up again. Um, I haven't downloaded any of the new uh, DLCs that have come with it. Want to make sure I'm like fully committed again before I waste any more money on more video games that I never finish at this point because that's what it feels like I've been doing lately. Games that I don't finish, I lose interest. I'm with you on that. You know, like I read, I did the uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, I haven't finished it. Resident what Evil you, 3 uh, remake, which, haven't even started it. Which game? Sorry, the Resident Evil 2, you know how they did the remake. Right, right. I thought you said a different game. Sorry. Um, three, I bought that. I haven't even started it yet. Okay, I was sure, yeah. I see, it seems like I kind of gravitate back to old games that I played before. Like, I'll still pick up and play, like, the old Arkham games. Those are fantastic. I'm oh, yeah. Board, or even the old um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. I still love playing those games for some reason. Did you ever have a chance to play the third one that just came out on the Switch? Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't for the Switch, yes. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's I don't want to say it's bad, but it's it's not the same. No, it's I I, I like I, it's okay. That's not what I said. I think it's it's fine. It serves its purpose and the story is fine. <laughs> what kind of bothered me with their expansion DLCs, it was literally just Remakes of the same exact level, they just put different enemies. So yeah. there was no new stages, no new. So it got gets repetitive quick. Right. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, it does. It, it's a thousand percent repetitive. I'll say this: I beat the campaign, and there was a glitch where you could, because um, there's there's like um, a mode where you could just go into a room and, and beat a fuck ton of enemies and level up other heroes. 
Um, and if you take in three AIs with you and you play as one of them, you can also switch to those characters. Everyone gets XP. Yeah. There was a glitch where if you did it just right, you could have four of the same hero go into a room. Um, and uh, I was trying to get Hulk at, at max level. So I would, do, I would do four Hulks in a room and uh, I would just sit my character down in the middle of the room. And I just kept like having three other AI Hulks destroy everything. And what it was do it, 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 all the, all the XP would go to Hulk by himself, but times four. <laughs> that's yeah. That's one way to exploit it. Yep. Four Hulks in a room. Sounds like a bad weekend, but uh, yeah, the, the grind in that game is a bit of a slog. This is so repetitive to do. Try to max up everybody. It really I, is. I'm a big X-Men fan, so I pretty much only use the X-Men characters anyway. Fair. So. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so I had like Venom and Spider-Man and Gwen and Miles. Yeah, I had Miles. Dude, that Miles Morales Spider-Man game that's coming for the PS5. Oh, so excited about that. I'm still mad it's only on PS5. Oh, isn't this like a bit of a continuation from the first one? It, it's the same miles, it's, like a side it's down. The same, it's the same miles. Yeah, it's not like a direct sequel. Yeah. It's like you see at the end that Miles shows Peter that he's got the powers, and Peter's like, oh, well. Hmm, that's interesting. Look at this. And so I think it's going to just be picking up like Miles is early in his career. Yeah, did you? Ever, it, you beat the all the DLC, right, Josh? I did. Yeah, there's a shot at the end of the last DLC of Miles and Peter on a roof, and yeah, that's what I was just talking to talking about. I thought you were talking about the very end of the game where he jumps onto the ceiling. Oh yeah, that no, uh, the last DLC uh, when he's like, "All right, here we go." He's taking him out web slinging, and he jumps off the. Building, he's like, "Oh shit!" And it cuts. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like Aunt May at the end of the first Homecoming. What the? F- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, or not, not Homecoming, but yeah, yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, from what I understand, that game takes place in the same, actually, in the same year that the first game takes place, just in the winter time. Yeah, just a few months later. Yeah. Uh, but it has, it's not like the story, it's not a continuation of Peter's story, it's Miles' own story. So, yeah, it's like, kind of so a it's not really a sequel directly, but more of a tie in. Yeah, uh, I still hope so. they do a sequel to that Spider Man game, also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That game, when I saw he was, when I saw Octavius, he's working for him, I was like, oh, is it, are we going to see? The rise and the the rise of Doc Ock. Oh my God! And oh, I love that shit. That yeah. story was good. Story was good. The character designs were really, really good. Oh yeah. How do you guys feel about speaking of Marvel or uh, superheroes? How do you guys feel about that Avengers game coming out by by uh, uh, Crystal Dynamics? I'm going to try it. That's the most I'm willing to say at this point. I don't know how I feel about it. It doesn't look too bad. It all depends with me how how deep they go. 
how much they expand yeah. that roster. Well, um, I know I know two two things about it that are very exciting in regards to that. All the DLC heroes that they're going to add are going to be free. Yeah. Nice. Yes, yeah. The only thing that is not free is their paid for cosmetics that are in the game. Um, but everything else is going to be free. So that's how they're paying for that. Like in-game microtransactions. Yep. Uh, but and without it being a pay to play, pay, pay to win, without it being a pay to win game. So I'm all for that. I got no problem right. with that. Cosmetics, I have no issue with. It's yeah. And I feel like a lot of companies learned from Battlefront 2. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, microtransactions, we've had this conversation before. They're not inherently bad. It's the, oh, well, if you don't want to grind 70 hours to get this, which will make you godlike, you can pay us 10 bucks for it and you can have it now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the things that most everybody has a problem with. Cosmetic yeah. microtransactions, those are just nice little bonuses. They're fine. Hell, I support those because they help to fund future content for a game they continually support. Yeah, because this game yep. is supposed to be in, in regards to like what Destiny is, where uh, even if you beat the main campaign, you're still going to be doing a shit ton of extra stuff to <laughs> level up each hero. Um, yep. And one thing I really, really like about it is that uh, each hero plays differently, according to people that have played it. Um, so you're not getting the same experience. Like Thor isn't just a reskinned uh, Iron Man. <laughs> Just because they can both fly, um, so there's there's a lot of that, and then uh, um, the more you play, the more you find gear that is high leveled. So again, not like not like a, a leveling system like you would experience more more again in what Destiny is. Yeah, um, I know MMO feel to it. Um, I, I again, I am cautiously optimistic. Like, there's a chance it could suck, but from the testimonials I've heard of people who've gotten to play it, like when it when conferences was still happening, and uh, the last thing that they just showed of it recently, where like it showed actual gameplay and went into how the mechanics are going to work post game and yada 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 yada, it being multiplayer cross-platform multiplayer like i'm very excited for all that no it's it's promising it's promising i know that i also heard that they were talking that this is a game they want to keep adding content to for years right not just now you got part two in four years from now yeah i mean i know it says avengers but like i said i am a big x-men fan and i would hope maybe one day they'll start incorporating some other superheroes into it besides your classic Avengers, so to speak. I mean, yeah, X-Men characters have joined the Avengers in comics. Exactly, so it would be nice to just, because almost like, what was that other game they used to have? The, what was it? Marvel Omega, was that what it was? Their, that, that old uh, MMO that they had? I uh, don't remember. Oh, I remember what you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, I know what you're referring to. I'm drawing. I, I I honestly don't remember. Marvel Online. Yeah, Marvel Online. Uh, yeah, they renamed it to Marvel Omega. They even bring it to the uh, Marvel Heroes Omega. They even bring it to the Xbox One. 
you know, very MMO like. Yeah. The, the 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 also the confidence that I have in it is I got very excited for Anthem, Bioware's oh. pseudo MMO. Uh, I still to this day argue that the gameplay of that is a very fun game. Yes, it plays yes. very well. Uh, but that is it. <laughs> it never lived up to his billing Anthem. I ha- I have it. I played it. I think I want to beat you guys. I think I got through it real quick, kind of. Oh yeah, it's a very short. Sure. There's nothing to do really for a long time. No, they. So I don't. Did you ever hear the story about why that was such a massive failure? That I don't know. No, I did not hear the story. So back when Bioware had released uh, uh, Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, they they were like there was a bunch of people working on it and they were putting concepts in and all this kind of stuff, but Andromeda failed uh, yeah. commercially. Sorry. And they put it on the shelf. They said, no, we got to work on something else. We got to put our energy elsewhere. Um, And for like, I want to say two years, it was just like a couple people working here and there on the story or other things to that fashion. It got to the point where Bioware was on the brink of bankruptcy. And they said, we just need to make a game and put it out there. And uh, that's when they remembered Anthem. Um, and, uh, the absolute worst part about that is they built what you experienced in 18 months. Jesus. Yeah. So if they had spent two years more, at least on it to give it some real finesse and polish, that game could have been amazing. Yeah. It was still fun to play. It was just not much content to it. No, it was clear. It was clear that the developers worked on gameplay over anything else. And then, and then to make matters worse, to make matters so much worse was that uh, shortly after the release of Anthem, um, Jason Schreier did an expose on the company and its handling of employees and how he treated them. So suddenly, now Bioware's under this huge fucking public eye and being uh i won't say ridiculed but you know they're being told to treat their employees with respect and and so the the yeah they were raked over the coals real hard and um a lot of people just didn't buy anthem because of it and uh and it's a shame they were onto something there they had something that could have been really really good Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah I, I feel I do try I do feel like they are turning things around now. I feel like with what I've heard and what I've read, they are they've changed their their business platform and they're going to be talking about and, and releasing some stuff soon that we're all excited for. Uh, possibly a new Mass Effect, a new Dragon Age. I would like to not be on board with both of those. I would definitely like a new Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah, I definitely Mass Effect. I got in headaches about arguing about the ending of Mass Effect Three because <laughs> I think it's a very brilliant ending. But I've never games. played, but I've heard a lot of people I know who were Mass Effect fans were not happy with that game. I, I, I mean, I, I can tell you, but it is definitely spoiler territory. Well, I never played it, so it's not going to upset me if you spoil. Um, so the first game was very like Star Warsy. 
plot and exposition were kind of taking a backseat to everything else. And it was a very action-packed sort of game. And 2 was even more so that. Um, like, a lot of people love 2 because it is very Star Wars-y in that fashion. Uh, more more in line with what, you know, the, the shooting combat kind of stuff and the RPG elements. Um, and it did go into the, the, you know, kind of the lore of the, of the, of the galaxy and stuff like that, but it wasn't a massive part of it. Um, three on the other hand shifted gears and they went, we have an idea of where we want this to go. So they, uh, um, they made it more cerebral. Uh, Shepard throughout the game keeps getting visited by these dreams of like some kind of shadow child that he's chasing through a forest. And the entirety of the game is uh, it's finishing storylines. So in the first two games, in, in the first game, let me, let me be clear. In the first game, you don't really do side missions for the other characters. You just kind of talk to them and, and you do main missions or side missions that kind of expand upon the world. But in the sequel, in number two, um, you actually like do side missions for each character to help them with their story. Um, hmm. and, and it builds like a, uh, um, an allegiance meter for each character. So in the third one, uh, all those characters that you met in the first and second game, you'll go and do missions with them that finish their storyline. And then they're Which like, "Which I thought was awesome." Oh, I think it's brilliant because when you finish their storyline, they go, "Cool, we're going to Earth and help you when the Reapers get there." Because the beginning of the game is like, all the Reapers are coming to Earth because they're mad at humans. Uh, and uh, so by the end of the third game, you've gotten all these people to come and help humans, put their differences aside, and they're like, "We got to destroy the Reapers before they wipe us out again." Like they have time and time and time and time again. And uh, um, I made some mistakes on the way, but that's part of the story. <laughs> uh, for example, I'll give you an example. So in the first game, there's a character named Tally. I fucking love Tally. Um, she becomes one of your crewmates in the sequel because people love Tally. They were like, okay, she's going to come back. But due to my choices and due to not 100%ing the game, Tally took a missile to the face in the last mission, killing oh, wow. her. Now, Tally to me, again, felt like a little sister. I had no interest in romancing her. I just wanted her to be my best friend and to, I wanted to protect her. That's how I felt. So You did a shit job, sir. No shit. So her dying to me was very impactful. And I had refused, since started playing the first game, I had refused to reset or go back to a save point. Um... There's also a, I know, I agree. Um, so there's a, uh, uh, I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, I did too. I was just looking so, there's a, so there's a second character. Uh, so there's a, there's a whole race of creatures called the Geth. You fight them all the time. They're being used by the, the Reapers to, to kill you and whatever. But there was one that you find named Legion and you can do missions for him in the second game. You wake him up and he becomes, he, you befriend him. He becomes one of your crewmates. I forgot to wake him up. I didn't know you could wake him up. I didn't talk to the right people. Because again, I get through a game as fast as I can to get the story. So, 
there's a mission in the third game where you were supposed to go to Tally's home planet, meet Tali, talk to her, uh, deal with the Geth because it's Geth versus um, the Quarians. Uh, and then on the in the mission with Tali, you're supposed to meet Legion. And then if you have both Tali and Legion, you get to the point where democracy comes in, not democracy, I'm sorry, uh, uh, bureaucracy comes into play and both races stand down and agree to help you on Earth. My dumbass didn't have Tali or Legion, so I got the entire Quarian race killed. You extincted an entire race. Yep. I was so, like, the way the game did it for me, by the way, was at the end of the mission, I'm given the choice of giving Geth complete, like, control of their own mind or not allowing them to do that. I said, well, the right thing to do, the Paragon option, was to give them full sentence. I did that, and the 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 the, the Quarians were so upset by it, they started firing on the Geth, worrying that they were just going to be a ruthless race. And the Geth went, okay, well, fuck you, and destroyed all the Quarians. So watching this happen, all of these ship pieces are coming into the atmosphere, burning up, right? The woman that I was working with, the last Quarian alive, she looks at Shepard, and she goes, you caused all this, and then puts a fucking gun to her head, killing herself. I had to stop playing for a while. <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> That's pretty cool to me that games where has massive decisions that really affect the storyline. I completely agree. And this is what upset me about people hating the ending so much was that I felt like what Mass Effect 3 did was they didn't have this encompassing ending that was supposed to fit everybody's choices. Your choices matter to the individual stories. Mass Effect to me mm -hmm. is like, like a giant bubble, right? And you're going to get to the same end as everybody else. Maybe slight deviations, slight variations, but your journey across the bubble is going to be different. That's it. The destination is the same. And the game tells you that. So at the end of the game, uh, Shepard gets on top of, of the um, Citadel Spire because it's actually a gun that the fucking Protoss, not Protoss, but the Proteans use. <laughs> Wrong game. Right, wrong game. Um, <laughs> uh, Carrier has arrived. Yeah. You need additional pylons. Um, so the, the, the star child explains to Shepard that uh, a, a hero's journey is only in the mind of the hero. That making choices doesn't actually have a massive effect at the end of your life. You can sit there and make choices all you want. You can sit there and say, this matters and that matters and, and who I befriend and who I don't. It, it all matters. But when you die, you're dead. It, it didn't matter to, for you. It maybe mattered to the other people, but not to you. So Shepard making a choice at the end of the game was only going to affect other people and not Shepard. So everyone got that same ending with slight variations like the rest of the game and the choices in the game. It was poetic. It was cerebral. Where everyone wanted their Star Wars ending. Everyone wanted that, like, the good guy beats the bad guy, everything's done. I don't have to put any more thought into it other than I beat the bad guy. So, and I get that. I'm not taking that away from anybody. But that was my 
that's what I took away after completing the game. I even had a conversation with a friend who liked the game, but he didn't understand the ending because there was a lot of parts that didn't spoon feed him information. Whereas I had taken all this information from the other games and every time he had a question, I had an answer. So because of this whole controversy, Bioware put out an additional free DLC that answered questions that people had. It was everything I said. Everything. One of my favorite ones was what happens after the game. Like, how, like no matter what choice you have, I was like, well, that's the point. No matter what choice you have, it's still going to be the same pseudo outcome. The universe is going to come together, rebuild the, the, mass, the mass relays, so that way they can travel across the galaxy at, at faster than light speed. And uh, they're going to cr- they're going to create peace since the Reapers are no longer around. That's what's going to happen. And he was like, "Well, how do you know?" And I'm like, "Because the game tells you that. It, it full on tells you that if you're paying attention." So that extra DLC came out and fucking told everybody that. I was like, "I don't know what to tell everybody. Like, it's right there. You, you had to be spoon fed that information. Come on." So that's the problem. People need to be spoon fed everything now. Very true. There was a lot of nuance with three. Um, but again, this is the same argument I have when it comes to like Last Jedi or Mass Effect 3 is that if you build your game to be a Star Wars type, if you an action adventure uh, story that doesn't have cerebral shit and you add cerebral shit, it's going to have a negative effect, period. I love Last Jedi to death, but it fails because it's cerebral. It fails because it asks questions that people didn't ask originally. So I agree. I, I love that movie, but very, very few people that I know will defend that movie like me and you. Right. No problem with The Last Jedi at all. I, I love it. I, I, honestly, it's, it's my, my second favorite Star Wars movie. It's in the top five. Empire, Jedi, and Rogue One. Depending on the day, sometimes Rogue One can overtake Last Jedi, but for the most part. It's hard for me to add like Rogue One and Solo into that just because they are side stories and not part of the main not to me, Rogue One is part of the saga, really. Rogue One feels less a side story than Solo did. I I mean I get what you're saying about them being side stories but they're definitely part of it to me. When I say hard to, I mean like when people ask me what are my favorite Star Wars movies, I forget to add them in. <laughs> That's what I mean by that. Um, gotcha. Because honestly, Rogue One is one of the best fucking Star Wars movies I've ever seen. Easily. It's yeah. like it's my number third. Your number third? My number third. Okay, you phrase that. I know. Uh, yeah, I just, I think, I think when you have something that isn't cerebral or doesn't feel like it's cerebral to begin with. And you add cerebral elements. It's not going to have the, like the, the positive. It's not going to have the mass effect that you're wanting. All right. Are you proud of that one? I am. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, uh, Oh, we lost the E. (laughs) He'll be back. Yeah, so that's 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 all I'm getting at with for the listeners is like, if you didn't like Last Jedi or Mass Effect Three because it 
didn't go the way you wanted to go, think about it from the perspective of what it was trying to do versus what you wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, and Sorry and, about that, guys. Oh, you're good. My internet just said, uh, no, thank you. Well, I'm sorry your internet doesn't appreciate a good play on words like I you know, do. I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. You I, also it think, I also think a thing with Last Jedi um, isn't just that it was cerebral. I think that it completely changed what people thought they knew about Star Wars because of the extended universe, because of all those books for years and years and years. Yep. People don't like change. That's no, true. they don't. People don't like change. And I think the minute that they announced that the extended universe and all those books and all that stuff are not canon, it pissed a lot of people off. My brother cracked the me. thing was they were never canon though. But right. I they were to them, I guess, to the to people. I never really I never read any of the outside books. So my Star Wars was literally just four, five, six. Then one, two, three, then Clone Wars, then seventy nine and Rebels and Mandalorian. Solo and Rogue One and Mandalorian. I my brother, also I'll I'll say this. So uh he he teased the shit out of me because well not teased me, he made jokes about it. That when Disney had bought Star Wars and said they were doing three movies and that the canon to those to the extended universe was no longer going to be a thing that they were just using the movies and those two TV shows. Um, he kind of looked at me and he was just like, Oh, you're getting what you wanted. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, you hated the books growing up. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you couldn't stand them. And I was like, right. I know I don't, I did. I just couldn't, I couldn't get into them. Uh, Some of them were great. And some of them were terrible, and there was a lot of mediocre, but there was a lot of contradiction. A lot of contradiction. The thing I hated the most was my favorite thing about Star Wars is the mysticism of the Force. Um, I'm not the world's biggest fan of the, the prequels, only because it kind of takes away some of that mysticism. Yeah, it does. Uh you can still have mysticism while knowing that it's midichlorians too. Like uh, the guy who wrote Clone Wars, um, Dave Filoni, he has talked about it. He's he's like a lot of people hate clone or hate uh, Phantom Menace because it kind of ruins the mysticism. But he goes, you can still have mysticism while having a little bit of science knowledge or something. Just because we know that midichlorians are how you calculate and and know the measurement of the Force, like it doesn't tell you everything you need to know about the Force. Yeah. So. You got to keep that in mind when it comes to the prequels, but um, uh, I would also argue that midichlorians to me are not the problem with the prequels. And the problem with the prequels is every kid loves watching Senate meetings. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. There was something about the prequels. They just they're, they're not well made. They're not no, well. They weren't. George they're Lucas. Old. A director. A, a, that's the thing about actors. Actors can only do so much. They need direction in order to properly do a good performance. George Lucas is real fucking bad at that. And the other thing he's really bad at is is writing a proper cohesive story. 
he needs somebody else, another screenwriter, to make it work and flow properly. He has a great idea, but that's as far as that shit goes. He's but, a hell of a visionary. I will never take that away from him. He's a hell of a visionary and a world builder, but dialogue is not his strong suit, and building up and fleshing out things is not his strong suit. Absolutely um, not. Like, look at, the, look at the best Star Wars movies. They're the ones that he didn't direct or write. Right. Well, I mean, he provided the basic outline, but the screenplay, Lawrence Kasdan, Empire, you know, Kirshner directed. (laughs) That's the thing about the story. It's not just like a fairy tale that you can kind of passively tell. You have to make a movie work. You have to make a show flow properly. Uh, this is actually a big problem with video games. I've I've heard like the guy who uh, who made the game um, uh, uh, Way Out, where it's like the co-op escape from prison game. Okay, mm-hmm. he's made a bunch of movies, and he's talked about in this interview where he was like, making a game and making a movie are an entirely different experience narratively. You have to allow the player to create the um, the piecing. Whereas a movie, you make the pacing. You put the pacing in how you want it. But a video game can't do that. He goes, I tried to do that with Way Out, but I learned very quickly that you can't. And um, you can give the player direction, but if the player chooses to not go that direction, the pacing is ruined. Um, so that's why his like next game that he's making is like it's, it's the pacing is entirely based on the player. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, but, uh, George Lucas is really bad at making pacing work. This is why I think a new hope is actually one of the worser star Wars movies. Um, not the worst, but (laughs) it's not in my top five. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, and, and really, you know, that what saved that movie is his ex-wife. Yep. I mean, it was her suggestions of how to rearrange and what to keep and what to not keep and how to arrange certain segments that turned it into a completely different movie than what he filmed. Yeah. His problem was he didn't have enough people around him in the end to tell him no. You're surrounded by yes men. Nobody's there to tell you. Oh, that's not such a good idea. What if we did this instead, using elements of that, just restructure it? When you don't have that, So. Did you ever hear about what he wanted to do for a trilogy that took place? Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. In the microverse. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. No. No. Awful. Nope. Fucking nope. awful. Yeah. Terrible. Because <laughs> that's the thing that always drew people into Star Wars too. Was like it was this. Uh, um. It was the mysticism. It was the fantasy. It was the adventure. And. Episode one, two, and three did not really have that. Uh, it did, but it didn't. You know, like it was, it was very politically based. Whereas, you know, four, five, and six weren't. And then on top of that, like the biggest issue with like seven, eight, nine is that it didn't have one straight, my, like set through. It was like JJ yeah, yeah. and his 
not the first one. And then they were like, what do we do for the sequel? And it was like, yeah. why did you do that way? Like you should have written the whole story in like a bullet, po- bullet, bullet, bullet points point form. for a whole outline. And then let each director do with that outline what he will. But as long as you don't deviate from the outline, the main points, there would be no conflict. Yeah. Somebody said they claim they claim that, yeah, they worked together on it, you know, but it sure doesn't feel that way when we watch them back to back to back. True. No. I, I, somebody said on Twitter that I laugh, and it was, how, why does it seem like the, the, the best thing about Star Wars is not the movies? I was like, it's true. It's, it's, that's eerily accurate. <laughs> well, cool. My favorite I mean, things right now are the Clone Wars and, the Re- and Rebels. They were yeah. my two favorite Star Wars media to date. I mean, just the lore itself. Whether it be canon or uh, legends, as they refer to it now, the old stuff, like there's so much rich history and background to pull from and build upon there that the movies, yeah, they introduced us to this universe, but shit, I would much rather play Knights of the Old Republic or sit down and read about Grand Admiral Thrawn or watch The Mandalorian, you know, than, say, watch any one of the prequels. So like, yeah, here, we'll give you 50 bucks to watch Revenge of the Sith right now. Yeah, what else? What's bad. my other? Sh- no, no, that was the, out of the three prequels, that was the best one. But if somebody said, we'll give you 50 bucks to watch uh, Revenge of the Sith, or $500 to watch Attack of the Clones. Which one are you going to watch? I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith. No, but I'll give you $500. I mean, I like money. So watch that. But, <laughs> but I don't like money that <laughs> much to watch Attack of the Clones <laughs> over. Yeah. No, we're talking 50 you, you know what? Watch, yeah, I watch I probably watch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. Oh no, yeah, let's watch it. Put it on. Let's go with the popcorn. <laughs> well, you got to go buy the popcorn with that five hundred. That's, right. That's all right. I'll sit there and cheer it on too. Like it was the greatest movie ever for 500 bucks. But that's just <laughs> it's um, just an arbitrary number I threw out. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's it's, it's interesting. Like, it's, Star Wars is such a juggernaut when it comes to pop culture that. It's fascinating to me that you can go back and watch any of those movies and be like, these are kind of shit a little bit, I feel like. These are a little bit bad. <laughs> any of them. Fucking any of them. But like, you know, talk about a game or comic book. Oh my god, there was a comic book series that was like, what if for Star Wars? Did you ever read those? No. It was like I yeah, didn't we- read them, but yeah. It was like, what if Leia was the, the Jedi that Luke became? Like she yep. went trained, and then there was one. It was like, "What if Luke did turn to the dark side?" It was fucking rad. It was really cool. Um, fuck, I don't remember the name of that. There were Star like Wars, what I say. Let's see, Star Wars. What if? What if people didn't ruin? Fan- what if fandoms didn't ruin their franchises? 
Star Wars Infinities. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the first one it was it was it was four issues uh, from 2002 to 2006, or 2002 to 2004. The first one is an alternate ending of the 1977 film in which Luke Luke's uh, proton torpedoes failed to destroy the Death Star. Um, the next one is. Uh, it, it's about on um, Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, what if Luke actually freezes to death on Hoth? Uh, huh. And the next one is of Return of the Jedi, and it's uh, in an alternate telling of the 1983 film Last Jedi, or sorry, Return of the Jedi, in which C3PO breaks during Leia's bounty for Chewbacca, causing there to be no translator between her and Jabba the Hutt. Huh. So yeah, that's that's awesome. And then there was there was another one, but I don't it's like that protocol droid's got a bad motivator. <laughs> I swear there was another one. It says there's four. Where did I read that? One? This is called what Star Wars Infinity, you said, right? Star Wars Infinities, yeah. So I'm going to assume that was under Dark Horse. Yep. I just thought when he said 2007, yeah, that would be about right. Uh, 2002, to 2002 to 2004. Because Dark Horse had the license from the 90s and the 2000s up until Marvel got the license for it. Yeah, I read I read all of those. I think, I think the one where Luke dies on Hoth is the one where Leia becomes the Jedi. Yeah, and she would have to be. She would have to be the one to go to Digabah. Yeah. Yeah, if you get a chance to go Rad, those are really cool. There is another. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, man. If you guys have anything else to talk about, um, I'll go ahead, but uh, I want to wrap up. Holy shit. We've been going an hour and a half already. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, dude, you know, I love it when we get to come up here and just talk about whatever, you know, video games and Star Wars talk. I mean, it's two of my favorite things. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry that I like controlled this entire podcast. I feel like I talked 90%. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm You're good, good, man. You're good. good. I feel I'm like sorry. Uh, I'm sorry my daughter talking more than me. <laughs> Fair. Uh, she's she's fine. Uh, she's adorable. Yeah, the, um, I think probably next week we'll be talking about uh, Comic Con stuff since they're doing the Comic Con start. Yeah, San Diego oh. Comic Con starts tomorrow as of recording this. And- I am looking forward to the new Mutants panel that's supposed to be tomorrow. I want to see what they have to say. Yeah, we're just gonna throw it on Disney Plus. We'll do please, it already. Please, that's what I want to hear. That's what I'm hoping for tomorrow. Or or Hulu, one or the other. No, just give it to exactly. me. I've been waiting no. on this movie for two and a half years now. Yeah, exactly. I feel so bad for everybody that made that movie because it's it's been what delayed four different times yep. and finished. Yeah, for, yeah. It was originally supposed to release like March 30th or like first week ago. of April of 2018. I still had both of my fucking legs. When this movie was supposed to come out. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I, have, I have a secret hope that just because I, just from what I've seen so far, I like the casting choices that they have for this movie. Yeah. Me too. 
I have a secret hope that it's good enough for them to somehow roll it into the MCU. I'm gonna to your segue into somehow bringing mutants into the world. Well, as long as Brian Singer's hands aren't on it, I have hope. If you there's know, no crossovers and there's no cameos from anybody Patrick from the Stewart, other, exactly, yeah. it can it can it can be it can be a possibility. But if so it's total I, shit, I have hopes. Just leave it, just leave it as it is, and let it die. Yeah, I mean, you and I are on pretty much on the same page when it comes to the X Men movies. They suck. That <laughs> most most of them do. Yeah, I like I like. I like I liked X2. X2 is probably my favorite. Yeah. I like X2, and I know you're not a fan of First Class, but I enjoyed First Class. Nope. Your whole thing with First Class, though, is it's not the actual First Class. There well, it, none it, it, goes, of them. it goes beyond that. I know, I know, but that's that. a big part of it. But it there is, is a big part of it, and I, I get the idea. I understand that change sometimes. You can't copy your comics directly. I get it. And I'm fine There's with liberties as long it. as they're There's true to the characters. Exactly. There's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it. I feel yeah. I, I did not like the way they did it in first class at all. And the way they've gone ever since. And this, and this is McAvoy, Fassbender. I think they're great. I they're brilliant. They're and they do wonderful jobs. For what, but I don't want to see them back. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I want like a completely people. new cast. Yep. Can I can I tell you guys something funny about New Mutants? Yeah. So Maisie Williams is one of the main actor actresses. Yeah, she's playing yeah. she's playing Wolfsbane. Yep. She was Wolf. seventeen years old when they started filming that movie. She is now twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, hold on one That's second. Insane. Okay, one second. Um. Yep. Um. And I'm a big fan of her from Game of Thrones. So. Me yeah. too. She was probably my favorite character in that series. Especially toward the end, yeah. Yeah. That is Regardless of how anyone feels about the ending of that series, that show or whatever, that f- the, everybody in that show is a phenomenal actor. Yes. Yes. Like, you feel... Uh, this is where E and I butt heads. I cannot stand Sophie like Turner. Why not, though? Well, you can't stand her character, but you she's... Like, you, can't, you can't stand Sansa Stark. No, I couldn't stand her as Jean Grey, either. I thought she was good at Jean Grey. She was. She was there. <laughs> there was some else that I thought she was good in. I just don't remember what it was. But I don't know. It's just something about her. She's one of those actors, actresses. There, everybody's got an actor or actress or a couple here and there that they just cannot stand for some reason, and they can't put their finger on it. She's one. I think it's like you just can't tie tie her away from her role as Sansa Stark because Sansa Stark, I can't. No, she's aggravating, annoying as hell to me. I saw Apocalypse before, which was her first X Men role, Apocalypse. I saw that before I ever watched Game of Thrones. I knew nothing about Game of Thrones. Thrones. I didn't watch Game of Thrones until the last season, like two weeks before the season series finales when I first started watching. Um, and then I watched after that immediately after that, like several days le- later, the, uh, Dark Phoenix. So apparently, Game of Thrones was her first role ever, and then she did yeah. it 
five movies, no, four movies before X Men Apocalypse. Hmm. So, I don't even know other movies she did. What's that? I don't even know any other movies she did. There was one there's, there's like a in, there's a couple indies. So it's uh, another me, the Thirteenth Tale, Bastille, Oblivion, Barely Legal. Those are the those are the movies she did before doing X Men Apocalypse. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Barely Legal. Come on now. He's <laughs> <laughs> the lead in that. So Sam Jackson's in that movie. The He's fun. in everything. Never heard. Yeah, fair I'm enough. He's not in Game of Thrones. I'm surprised he didn't make a cameo in Game of Thrones. Well, the <laughs> next we got to kill that guy, motherfuckers. <laughs> next, uh, there's two shows that she's doing. I do. I don't I don't know what show this is, but it's called Survive. It's about a plane crash situation. Oh, no. She lives through it. Shit. <laughs> she's one of those. Also, I don't know if you've heard about it, but they're doing a, um, uh, a, a remake TV show, if you will, of The Princess Bride. No, they're not. Really? They're yep. not. They're not. What? what they're okay. not. Okay, they're not, not because you don't want them to do it, or you're, they're not because you heard. That I will not. shut that shit down. I will no, make you it. Won't. No, you can't. Going. You're nobody. Can't happen. Accept Fuck it. You. I'm awesome. <laughs> Enjoy it. Embrace I, it. It's coming. Hold on. I don't know if it counts, but Jason Reitman is directing the whole series, and he's known for Thank You for Smoking and Juno and Up in the Air, which are movies I love. Thank you for smoking. It was so good. It's fucking fantastic. He didn't uh, himself because he's cursing in the background, going up. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 uh, it, it no, no. No, they they did a homemade fan film on Quibi. Uh, that's what it was, but it's only like ten minutes long. No, this, is, this is definitely not on Quibi. Well. It's it's not happening. The first episode comes out June 29th. That's not what it's June 20 fucking never. That's what it says, June 29th. So okay. Yeah. That is It was sense. home movie. It's home movie, The Princess Bride. It was a mini series directed by Jason Ratman, a fan made recreation of the eighty seven film of the same name, and it was released on Quibi. Oh, that's terrible then. I told you. Well, no, I don't know if the show's terrible. I, it could be fucking good. I don't know. The problem is, is on Quibi. That's the problem. Well, it's still terrible. I downloaded. Uh, I mean, because it did three months for free, and I wanted to watch the re- the the like Reno nine one one. Yeah, I hate the app because it doesn't work on anything but your fucking phone. And then uh-huh. you can, oh, it's cool. You can watch it vertically or horizontally. And I'm like, why the fuck would I want to watch anything vertically? Like Zazzy beats. No, oh, it's got a shit ton of people in it. Seth Rogen's Miracle Max. Uh, it could be good. I just hate that it's on fucking John. Twitter. John Malkovich is the impressive clergyman. That sounds good. Look, look at that cast. Look at the director. Oh, I agree. However, it's on Quibi. <laughs> Dude, that's awful. I Jennifer Garner. No. What? See, she doesn't like it either. <laughs> so, he says in it, yeah, Nick crawls in it. Common, common, what the fuck, common. Also, if we're being honest, Gary always so Sophie plays Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't know, if, I don't know, I don't know what the point of that is, but. <laughs> 
right, they bring Sha- all right, Shaq's in it. Yeah, it's probably not that good. <laughs> right, they put Shaq in it. Yeah, it's probably not that good. Oh lord! All right, well, stop! Oh no! Um, oh man! Well, shall we wrap this sucker up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because somehow we managed to go ten minutes longer. Uh, after I said we've been going an hour and a half. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you got to come on and hang out with us. EE, I've been wanting to for a long guys. time. I was able to make it finally. Yeah, yeah. Every oh, time yeah. I've hit, I've I've dropped messages and like I'm wearing a group chat, and I'll be like, "Anybody uh, free today to come on?" He's like, "I just started working, you asshole." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, sorry." You know, so he had the day off because I I said it's about noon today. I said, "Anybody free after three today to record?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, do I have to watch anything? I was like, no, it was a bullshit day. <laughs> He's like, I'm there. And I was like, fuck yeah. yeah like talk about a show. I got three hours to watch it. Let me know. <laughs> but yeah, man, glad you got to come on. Uh, before we get out of here, is there is is there anywhere you would like to tell the listeners out there where they can find you on the internet if they are so inclined? Well, if you want to actually find me on the internet, you can find me on Facebook at Erica Spada. And you can find me on Instagram at E2020. I think that's right. 320s. 320s after my initials. You'll eventually find me. I'm on there somewhere. So not 420s for the stuff. No, not 420s. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Nick and Dave together. Oh, my God. You can cut that out uh. if you need to. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. And Nick ain't going to give a shit. <laughs> and you know Dave don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, as for uh, links to the show, you can follow all the links of the show. You can follow down below under the description. Uh, Red Bubble Store. I need to switch that over to Teespring because they got some cool options now. I need to get some new artwork done. This logo is almost three years old, so it's time. It's time to move on from that. Get some new designs. Any artist friends out there, hit us up. Talk to me. Uh, but as for me, if you want to follow me anywhere on the internet, I'm under uh, my regular name on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram profiles are linked to that. Other shows you can catch me on, aside from this show, are the uh, on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Figure Banging, and every, other, or every Friday at around 9 p.m. Eastern on MPSP Theater. So check those out. And that's me. Greg, what about you? Well, you can follow me on all socials under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, I'm primarily active on Twitter. Uh, because I fucking hate Facebook um, <laughs> because I have uh, family members there and, and whatnot that don't know how to shut their fucking mouth. So um, it is a cesspool. It, it's, I fucking, ugh. um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, uh, this Saturday, I think I'm going to be taking the evening off from work. So I'm going to try to do a Jackbox stream. Really? Uh, yes. Let me know if you do. Again, because we've I not done that in a while. Yeah, this isn't a hundred percent situation. We have to uh, fix the car, and we have to drive out of town for that. It's a long story, but my cousin's a mechanic, and um, uh, my dad and I are talking about not working that day. How uh, are you gonna drive with a broken car? 
What? Huh? Ooh, well, it's not. It's not broken <laughs> to the point where it can't be driven. It's got. It's got <laughs> stuff that has to be fixed before it gets to that point. I okay. see your fucking sass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh it's the CV axle. So the car is like, I want to say four years old, but it has like almost one hundred sixty thousand miles on it because my dad used it for Uber for years, and now we've been door dashing with it. So it's just got a shit ton of miles. Um. But uh, uh, I want to say about three weeks ago, we took it over there to have the right CV axle, a CV axle fixed or replaced. And short, like very shortly after getting back into where we live, the other axle one went. Less than, yeah. Damn it. So we've been driving on like a shitty CV axle for weeks now. And it's like, it's getting worse and worse. Like it. It was just when we would turn left, we could feel the dit, 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 dit. now it's like we drift forward just straight and it'll do it. So it's like we should get this fixed soon before the wheel just falls off. See, I don't blame the coincidence. Go back. Who fixed it the first time? Was yeah. it your cousin? Yes. And you can go back to him again? Yeah. Well, because that was well, that's the other side. He only yeah. fixed the one side. The other side went after it was fixed. Because he, he looked at it and he was like, it should be fine for like, I want to say a couple months. And I was like, all right. And he's like, but I'm not, sh- I'm not hundred percent sure because I didn't look under that side of the car. And I was like, okay. He's like, but if this one went, that one's going to go very soon. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're probably not going to work that day. So I want to come home and do some Jackbox. If, if, uh, if I'm not a too tired and B uh, we're not working. But yeah, I'm not. I'm okay, gonna... just keep me posted. Oh, well, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, if you're if because I don't want to commit to doing anything else. If you're going to be doing that, we might actually not be home that day. Uh, I was talking about going over to. We were talking about going over to Misty Sister's house, so we're not sure yet. But yeah, keep me posted. Okay. Uh, All right. Cool. Oh yeah. no, somebody's getting. Yeah, drunk. if you. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you want to know if we're doing that, follow all the socials that Josh is gonna talk about with the uh, the channel itself, and uh, me on Twitter because that's all promoted. But uh, it'll be on twitch.tv slash chubrucky. So that's where you'll be able to find it. But that's it. That's it for me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap it up and get out of here then. Thank you guys for having me. Everyone have a good night. Yeah, man. Thanks again for coming. Yeah. Same. Absolutely. Same. Thing. Uh, guys. Uh, if, the, if you're looking for a movie to watch, I would highly recommend Palm Springs on Hulu. I did watch that. It's very good. Um, Is that the one with... Um, it's uh, an, 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 sorry, Adam Andy Samberg. Is it Andy? Is it Andy? And, Andy Samberg. Andy the guy Samberg. from Lonely Island and SNL. Oh, it's yeah. a Lonely Island movie, funny enough. Oh, okay. Well, say no more. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I was going to try to get you to watch that in Old Guard, but you're so wrapped up in Witcher 3. Dude, yeah, let's go so I can go get back to it. <laughs> you know, I what? got Spriggins and Lessons to fucking slay, sir. How many hours do you think you put it? Like, if you were to just take a guess, how many hours? If I were to take a wild guess just, right just, now. Not the rest of the game, just Gwent. Oh, just Gwent, the card game in the game? Yeah. How many hours would I say I put in? At least seven or eight. Okay, oh, I've got it. I've got I've got every card in the game that you can get. I thought that would take. And I won. 
I've got, uh, well, I'm just guessing off the top of my head. I've got every card in the game that you can get, and I won every possible tournament that you can win. Uh, Even on the hardest difficulty. On the hardest difficulty, yes. Maybe I'm still alive, so I haven't figured out Gwen yet. Eight, eight. They stopped. I'd say I've been. I'd say I've been playing anywhere from eight to ten hours a day for thirty-five days. Jesus, I've 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 probably gotten two hundred fifty to three hundred hours in it easy at this point. Good lord! You stay right. intervention. Well, let's let get Josh. Let's let Josh get back to that, and I'll go take my dad to the hospital. And I don't know what E you're going to plan on doing after this. Um, probably give me shit it. up your messenger. <laughs> I'm not kind of kids yet. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all, guys. Um, take care. Uh, I was trying to think of other. I was trying to think of something else. It doesn't matter. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> take care, everybody. Later, everybody.